Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, and that is Glenn West alongside me. We appreciate you if you're watching over on YouTube, or hey, you're maybe listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and maybe you're watching this before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to you. And if you're watching it afterwards or listening, hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Glenn, I'm going to ask you a quick question before we get into the serious business here. And this is a serious question. What food item, Brian Kelly was asked this yesterday, has to be on the table on Thursday for you? Um... I'll probably go uh, sweet potato casserole. My mom makes a really good uh, sweet potato casserole, so that's what we'll always have on the table. That's always something that I like uh, in, in to, to dive into once Thanksgiving gets here. What about you? Sweet potato casserole, close second. I'm a big hash brown casserole guy. My, my grandmother makes one, um, and as a lot of people know, not from Louisiana, my grandmother is sending her hash brown casserole with my wife's parents so we can have that as a side dish. So uh, that'll that, that, that's going to be really, really nice. But you and I were talking sweet potato casserole, man. It's like a dessert that you get to eat as a side. Like I, it's, it's, I'm taking the whole container uh, to, yeah. to the room by myself if I can. So, But, hey, after Thanksgiving, we're going to have a big game on tap Yes, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Glenn and I are going to get the early clock in and the early clock out on Saturday. The Aggies visit Baton Rouge. Glenn, you were, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you were at Kyle Field last year for this game, and it kind of brings us to our first point. Emotion should be high. You know, even in the midst of not playing for a title and all those things, you want to get revenge, and this is a chance to kind of exact that on A&M that kind of, I don't want to say ruined, but, but took a lot away from that season last year with that loss in uh, College Station. Yeah, they definitely spoiled, you know, uh, LSU's final quest there to try to get into the college football playoff. I think there was uh, definitely not a 0% chance that LSU could have squeezed in, um, you know, depending on obviously you have to win the uh, conference championship game too. So that that kind of went out the window as well when they lost by 20 points to Georgia. But uh, the A&M game was certainly a, a sour, sour note to end the regular season last year. I remember – uh, you know, the, it's the first time I'd ever been to, to Texas A&M. And when you walk in the press box there, the it shakes. The, the press box shakes because of how much uh, – how close it is to the sections where they're stomping and doing whatever their uh, – whatever their chants are. I can't even remember. The what yell leaders. Are. Come on, Glenn. Don't yeah. disrespect yeah. the yell leaders. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that so we had a shaking press box, and then obviously A&M came out and did a really nice job in that game last year. And uh, Brian Kelly said it on Monday, like, these these players are ready to, to play this game. I think that mm-hmm. there's definitely some – some uh, I, I wouldn't call it revenge, but some vengeance is some 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 yeah. we want to get we want to get this game back. And, 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 and you know, you want to finish the season strong. And I think that uh, LSU is certainly in a position to do that um, the way that their offense is operating right now. So, uh, you know, I, I believe the game last year, I can't recall exactly, but it, it, it was uh, a game that you really felt the presence of, of Josh Williams not being there. Um, mm. You know, Josh Williams was a huge part of last year's team. And, uh, you know, I think it's, we kind of honor senior night and all the seniors that are going to be about, uh, around uh, for this game. Um, it's important to throw out how important Josh was to that team last year and uh, how valuable he could be this season as well in this year's matchup. And uh, obviously from what he does from a blocking perspective, just being a, a real true uh, you know, gadget weapon that LSU's really thrown out there and done a nice job uh, when he's had the opportunities. But um, it does sound like LSU's going to get Logan Diggs back, which will be good. It'll, it sounds like they're going to have, um, 
who's the other guy that was 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 Whit uh, Weeks. Whit Weeks, yes. Whit Weeks yeah. was the other one that we talked about yesterday with with Coach Kelly. He's going to be back uh, for this game, so you know they'll be a little bit healthier. They'll be a little bit closer to what has recently been full strength. I mean, they they mm-hmm. still are missing a a number of guys, obviously with Makai Wingo and. Uh, a bunch of the secondary pieces that aren't playing for you right now. So, uh, but you know, you're, 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 this is an AM team that uh, is definitely a defense first kind of group. They've definitely been a, been very impressive. They're top 15 in the country, I think, in both the run and the pass. They're a top 10 defense in total yards allowed, I believe, for the season. So uh, they've got a lot of five and four star talent uh, still on that roster from. Uh, these last several classes that they were able to bring in. And uh, it's, it should be a really fun, entertaining matchup. I'm looking forward to to seeing how she approaches this last game of the year. Yeah, just kind of touching on this fact, you know, the reason we wanted to go with this first point was because Brian Kelly mentioned, I think he was asked the question, you know, uh, the emotions, you know, did you learn anything? And he strictly stone-faced, this was after he talked about that New England cranberry sauce where he was joking, and we know Brian Kelly's sense of humor. He says, these guys are ready. And I think it was one of those things that they understand uh, what happened last year and and what this is an opportunity to prove uh, and beat an Aggie team that Glenn is really coming. When you talk about emotions on the other side, an A&M team that you're going to be doing kind of an in-depth preview with our A&M side on this. When you face a team with an interim head coach, uh, you kind of never know what to expect. But I kind of sit in the camp of where, look, A&M knows that they beat them last year. And they'd love to play spoiler, you know, and I know also, too, the guy that's their interim head coach, they really, really like and Those guys have play well for him. So your kind of thoughts on what kind of team do you think A&M walks into maybe a mentality wise into Tiger Stadium on Saturday? Yeah, they they they're very much behind Elijah Robinson right now, who's their interim head coach. And, you know, I. I don't know that he has a great shot of getting the the job after the season, but there's definitely been some some buzz that they want to keep him around for whatever mm. uh, next coaching job there is. Very much like a couple of years ago when you had Brad Davis stick around as the interim head coach after LSU uh, went out and hired Brian Kelly. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think that this is going to be um, you know a team that played that, that comes in. I mean, look, they have nothing to lose. I mean, they 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 yeah. they and they have a lot of talent that I think can uh, certainly disrupt a lot of uh, what LSU's positive momentum has been. Uh, you know, we 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 talked with with Kelly a little bit on Monday about um, if this was the best defense that he thinks LSU's going to be facing uh, this year, and he, he he agreed. I think he said just from a physicality and from a talent standpoint that this is probably the best group that this offense has gone head to head with uh, all season long. So uh, that's going to be a really great challenge for, for Jaden, for obviously Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas and all these superstars that have, you know, had so much attention over the last several weeks. This will be a really good last test for that group uh, to, to, to all play together and see if they can't uh, put together one last final, really phenomenal performance. And so, you know, emotions are definitely going to be uh, be up there in terms of just the intensity. And uh, I think, you know, A&M, you're going to you got to come in expecting A&M's best shot. I mean, they they're yeah. uh, they may not have their their head coach from the last several years, but uh, they, they've still got a lot of talent in that roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk about offense in a little bit. I think they have some intriguing pieces on offense as well. Uh, even though they haven't been as consistent on that side of the ball as you would have 
uh, hope or, you know, that you would have expected. But, um, you know, LSU's done a really nice job offensively in terms of just their consistency level. But I think it's going to be really challenged this weekend with uh, a pretty stout front that, that A&M has and um, some, some really talented pieces in the, in the back half as well. Emotions should be high. Like you mentioned, senior day, another aspect of this. Um, Brian Kelly talked about that as well, being able to honor uh, some of the guys that have helped establish the foundation, most notably Josh Williams and Noah Kane. Uh, and you can read about that more on our site over at Go yeah, 24. Jane Daniels, certainly. Jane Daniels, yeah. Part of that. And then, you know, I. I'm going to write about him in three players for tomorrow, but I, I also I, I mentioned Greg Brooks in there as well. I think that the mm. impact that he's had over a two-year span, uh, whether it's on the field, off the field, you can really see LSU's missing him right now in the secondary. And um, obviously with, with what he's going through right now, you, you hope that uh, he's continuing to recover and, and is getting better each and every day. But um, he, he's somebody that can't be forgotten, I think, in all this either because you know he's definitely – made an impact on this team in the first in, in, in its kind of initiation, its first introductory to Brian Kelly and what uh, what they're what they're hoping to build here over the first couple of years. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We move on. We we touched on this in yesterday's podcast. If you had missed that, talking about kind of the awards that LSU is up for. But you know, this is an opportunity, Glenn, for Jane Daniels to go make another statement. Brian Kelly talked about this you know, this is probably when you look at just pure talent across the board, one of the best, if not the best defenses that LSU is going to face. LSU not having that conference title game. They've got one less game than Bo Nix, or he has one less game than Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. will have in this in this you know, season. That yeah. being said, what type of statement can Daniels make to that committee uh, with a really, really great performance on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, like we like we mentioned here on the offset, this is a very talented defense. I think at pretty much every level, they've got some really uh, great pieces that they've been able to work and get some consistent play out of. Whether it's Edger and Cooper, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Shamar Turner, uh, even a former guy like J- Jacoby Matthews has done a really nice job. Bryce Anderson uh, was a, was an LSU recruit at one point that LSU was trying to get on board. Uh, I remember that recruitment pretty well. Um, so they've, they've got a ton of talent on that side of the ball. Um, you know, I think they, they do a really good job of getting pressure uh, off the edge with guys like Turner and Edron Cooper. Um, you know, the, Cooper's got 16 tackles for loss this season. So uh, yeah, and I think uh, Shamar Turner's got 10 and six sacks. So uh, they, they do a really good job of getting after quarterbacks. They've been pretty consistent in doing that. Um, but this is where you're going to have to see Jaden Daniels really kind of use that dual threat ability to his advantage once again. I mean, he's done such a good job of that over the last two weeks in particular when he's gone for, what is it, close to 1,200 yards and uh, what is it? he had like five, he had eight touchdowns last touchdowns week, last week. Five, five the week before, six the week before. I mean, he's, he's playing at another level right now, and yeah. um, it really does feel like this is gonna. This is gonna be the the last challenge that uh, you could really see him. I don't want to say slip up, but it, it, they're gonna challenge him. They're gonna. They're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna definitely try to get after him. They're gonna. Uh, they're gonna send pressure. They're gonna. Uh, you know. Uh, but the, the but the biggest thing here that, that Brian Kelly has said over the last couple of weeks that's kind of stuck with me um, is that whatever defenses have been able to do or trying to throw at LSU. Jaden's been able to really master it and, and, and learn quickly from it and really do a nice job, I think, of 
just moving on and, and, and really being able to attack the weaknesses of what he's being shown from, from opposing defenses. So that's, that's going to have to be a, 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 in play, you know, whether it's, uh, whether A&M decides to load the box and, and come after him or whether they decide to drop seven or eight guys, uh, he's going to have to be ready for all of it. And I think he has shown, you know, throughout the entire season that he's very much capable of making those in-game adjustments pretty quickly and uh, leading the offense to to pretty consistent success. So uh, I'll be looking for that for sure from Jaden. I think he's done a remarkable job. And if he goes out there and he puts up another, you know, 300 yards passing, another 100 yards rushing, kind of mm-hmm. gets to his average and gets three or four or five touchdowns in this game. He's going to do everything that he possibly could have in these final three games to make that Heisman case, to make that postseason case that he's the best player in college football. We'll see if uh, if if writers around the country agree. Um, but he's done a re- he's done pretty much everything to this point to 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 make the best case possible. And if he does that again on on Saturday, which I would expect him to do, um, then I, then I think that you know you can at least go to sleep at night with you know knowing that you kind of left it all out there and didn't really uh, and it was just kind of out of your hands kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I want to mention this too because, yeah, look, we're going to be watching Malik Neighbors. We're going to be watching Brian Thomas Jr., watching these other weapons. I'm excited to watch this uh, Joe Moore Award semifinalist group go up against this defensive line. Like, you know, big on big, man on man up there up front. We've talked all season. You mentioned this in yesterday's podcast. It seemed like we've got an offensive lineman every single week, and every single week they talk about this game's going to be physical, and we love that. And this is a game where you mentioned guys like Shamar um, – you know, Turner. Shamar Turner there, uh, Shamar Stewart, another one you have. Uh, you also have Walter Nolan, uh, McKinley Jackson, yeah. a veteran player. I mean, you have a lot of players up front that not only have played so, a good amount of football, they're really, really at the tops when you look at top-tier talent, when you kind of look at draft boards in the future. I mean, this is NFL-level talent. The guys like Will Campbell, guys like Emory Jones are going to go up against Charles Turner. I mean, uh, you know, Garrett Dellinger. and Just name somebody. This is where you kind of get that chance to prove uh, on tape why you think you should be a pro football player. I'm excited to watch that matchup um, offensively. And did you realize how crazy it might sound, Glenn? We might look back when you said, Jane Daniels, you know, if he just does his average, three, four, five touchdowns, like that's just become the average of what Jane Daniels has been able to do. Uh, it's it's quite nuts. It's quite nuts. Yeah. But any other matchups offensively that you're excited to watch, uh, you know, outside of Jane Daniels? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've heard so much this offseason or, or this, this you know, how much how important it was for Malik Neighbors to learn all three positions uh, this offseason and how versatile they moved him around, uh, you know, whether it's in the slot and it's the the boundary or, or you know, outside one of the outside receiver spots that he's been uh, so dominant with uh, that. I, I just I think probably part of this that kind of gets overlooked is just how impressive that it is that he knows all those positions and how. Um, and how that's really opened up the offense throughout the entire season. I mean, they knew coming in that defenses were going to key in on him, and they haven't really been been able to slow him down at all for for much of this year. Mm-hmm. That's a big credit, I think, not only to to what Daniels is doing from a passing perspective, but but of course with what Neighbors is doing as well from uh, a pass catching perspective and a route running perspective, and knowing. Uh, just being extremely knowledgeable about the foot, about the offensive side of the football. So, um, you know, he's, he's done a really nice job. I think, you know, whoever he's matched up against, that's going to be a fun, fun matchup. But, um, you know, outside of that, probably like to see, 
if this running game can can uh, kind of, I don't want to say bounce back, but in all the tough matchups LSU's had defensively this year, um, the the run game's been a little bit more of a, a struggle to get going than it has been for yeah. the passing game. And that, you know, whether it's Florida State and, and Alabama, um, you know, that those 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 games there really were the ones that stick out to me uh, where you really could have used more of a complimentary uh, game with your running backs. Uh, and when I say running, I mean from the running back position, not with what mm-hmm. Jaden's been doing, because Jaden was great uh, against Alabama from a running perspective. But would like to see Logan Diggs, Josh Williams, Caleb Jackson, Noah Kane maybe gets a couple carries. But if you can be a little bit more complimentary with the with what Jaden's doing um, offensively through the passing game, it'll not only open up things for him. Uh, it'll open up running lanes for 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 all those guys, and that kind of ties back into what the offensive line's been doing. So, um, you know, I, I, I do I do think that I would like to see a little bit more, um, you know, complimentary football with the running backs in a matchup like this. Yeah, and I think obviously, you know, we've we've mentioned it. You could look at it two different ways. Have they needed to be such a big part in the running department? Because I think one thing we have seen is blocking. Like Josh Williams over the you know the Florida game and the Georgia State game showed that prowess. Noah Kane has been a guy over the past couple of weeks as you know injuries to Logan Diggs, uh, the John Emery Jr. injury, obviously too. All of these things, Glenn. Noah Kane has been able to get the tough yardage. It's not the flashiest plays, and so I don't know. I, I think that that's a that's a good conversation to kind of have with this offense going forward. We end it off with this, and this is the age old question every single preview week show: Can the defense play better? And Glenn, they're going to be uh, facing a a young quarterback who impressed in you know towards the end of the game against Mississippi State a couple weeks ago. They played Abilene Christian, a good game for their them too over there. But when you look at what Jalen Henderson brings to the table, a redshirt sophomore, uh, he's a transfer. It's dynamic. Bobby Petrino, regardless of your thoughts about him, can call a really good offense. And AM at times has you know suffered because of offensive lulls. Your thoughts on how LSU's defense maybe one can match up, but how important it would be able to really end the regular season on a high note against a quality SEC opponent? Yeah, I mean, look, I I think that this is a guy in, in Jalen Henderson who's a little bit more mobile than I think people might expect. He's got 132 yards gained in the three games that he's played. He's also, you know, lost, you know, 38. So the net negative there kind of averages out to to a little bit lower uh, because of sacks and whatnot. But he's he's a guy that can get upfield a little bit on you. And and we know what LSU struggles have been this year defensively. It's been uh, you know kind of containing quarterbacks that can extend plays with their with their legs. And so uh, I, I do think this is going to be a very interesting matchup for LSU. I mean, look they. They haven't been very dynamic offensively, um, and I think a part and a part of that is why uh, they decided to move on from from Jimbo and and, and kind of go in another direction as a program. Yeah. Um, so Henderson really hasn't blown people away, I don't think yet, with his you know throwing ability. He's only started and played in three games. Um, you know, he's got about I think 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. He's completing about 65 percent of his passes, which is pretty good, but. Um, you know, when you've got guys like uh, like uh, Evan Stewart on the outside, you'd like to see uh, them then kind of utilize those weapons a little bit more. And so I think that's certainly something that they're continuing to work through here as we enter this final game. Um, you know, they, they've, they've got some really good weapons, you know, like like Stewart and I and I Smith uh, in the backfield. They've got Le'Veon Moss, who's a former Louisiana recruit, um, mm-hmm. a guy who 
LSU recruited pretty hard. Uh, Ruben Owens uh, is a former four or five star talent. He was up there as one of the best running backs in the country, either last year or the year before. I can't remember what exact recruiting cycle he was in, uh, but he's he's a really dynamic player and a guy that they can utilize out of the backfield from a passing perspective at times as well. So um, they've got some real weapons here and they've got, um, you know, I know that they, they haven't really put up the numbers as an offense that, you know, would warrant a lot of these four and five star talents that, you know, you, you'd like to show off, but um, they, they've, they've got talent and they've got, um, you know, they've, they've, they've done a nice job, I think, of uh, kind of weathering the storm after losing two quarterbacks. I mean, look, when you're on your third string quarterback at this point in the season, um, you know, it, it's it's tough on any offense. And so, yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of bounce back and, and uh, you know, having another week with Henderson, you know, kind of taking all the first team reps. But, um, you know, that's it, also going to be, you know, big time, um, big, uh, you know, just kind of uh, scouting scouting for LSU is going to have to be on point this week because you are going to go up against a guy you don't have a ton of film on. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be, you know, scheming up a game plan that uh, will we'll certainly try to be a little bit more versatile in terms of what he can do as a passer and as a thrower uh, and then also as a runner as well. So, um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see just kind of how LSU bounces back from this one. And, uh, you know, cause they didn't get off to a really great start against Georgia state. They gave up 14 points in the first couple drives. They, um, you know, allowed Georgia state to really hang with them for about a quarter and a half, two quarters there where it really felt like uh, that game was, was a little, closer than it need to be um so uh if you're an lsu defensive player all you can really do is go out there and um just try to get some good film out you know the last week you know last week of the season you know it's going to be a lot of uh guys that lsu's trying to re-recruit back to the roster next year i would imagine and so it's going to be very important to see that those guys get some get some developmental film up on on tape and that uh, LSU's coaches can 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 feel good about you know kind of going in the offseason what they want to work with those players on. A veteran weapon for the Aggies and Anaya Smith been around the program a long time, redshirt senior. Uh, when asked the question this week, he said about the LSU's being offense being so potent and the opportunity and the pressure to have to go point for point with them. Uh, he said, I believe that the pressure to do that is a privilege. They're a really great offense, but it's also we believe that we are a really great offense. The pressure for us to be able to go out and make plays, it just comes with the game. You can't go out and just harp on the fact that their offense is good. You have to go out and play your game and let the scoreboard speak for itself. Uh, a lot of coach speak in, in that answer from a veteran football player there, Glenn. As we kind of wrap it up here, and we don't have to do straight up here predictions, but what I do want to kind of get is your final thoughts here. If this game does get into a track meet, I think that's where a lot of teams don't want to go with LSU. So you give me your your kind of no no score predictions. We'll hold that later in the week and direct people to the website. How, how do you feel like is the recipe for an LSU win? Yeah, I would probably say um, you know the, the the biggest recipe for an LSU win to me is going to be can uh you know can Jaden Daniels continue to operate this offense with the level of efficiency that he has the previous couple weeks um i mean even against alabama like the first two quarters two and a half quarters um lsu was operating at a very very efficient level uh against mm-hmm. a pretty stout defense in alabama so um can they carry that over for four quarters against a team like a&m but that does have a pretty good defense I don't know that you'll need four quarters to really pull away from from this team. Um, you know, I, I do think that LSU is 
uh, capable of, of putting up some big numbers early in this game and maybe setting their foot down a little bit on A&M and getting out in front but uh, by, by a good margin. But, you know, the, the, the clearest path to me is, man, just let Jaden Daniels loose. Just let him be Jaden Daniels yeah. and get him get the ball to Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Kyron Lacey's now – I think got two or three straight games of a hundred yards and a touchdown. So, um, you know, they've, they've just done a really nice job of spreading the ball around to their weapons. Uh, you know, having Logan Diggs back, we'll see how much he factors into the game plan, but certainly you feel good about what you got with Josh Williams and, and Caleb Jackson. And, uh, you know, even Trey Holly got a couple carries uh, in that Georgia state game, maybe lean into him a little bit as well. So, um, I just think this really comes down to can LSU's offense continue to operate efficiently? And if the answer is yes, then I, I do think that LSU is able to pull away and, and do a nice job of kind of finishing off the season on a strong note like, we, like we've been uh, mentioning. Yeah, the recipe, it might be just kind of uh, easy for people to sit there and say, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where the LSU offense puts up 45, 50 points. You feel like they're going to win. I think I'd also like to see this defense make big momentum shifting plays. Uh, I've talked about that all season long. I think that's another recipe. If this defense can force a young, inexperienced quarterback into some tough decisions, that defensive line plays well. Uh, and a lot of guys potentially playing their last game in the purple and gold, uh, play with a little chip on their shoulder. That would be a good way to go out in front of uh, – Glenn, I don't know. I've never I've never been a part of a day game in, in Tiger Stadium. We expecting a good crowd because it's a big opponent? I don't know. 11 a.m. after Thanksgiving. I mean, we uh, we saw the Georgia State crowd. I mean, I know it's Georgia State, but, you know, yeah. the, the, I I would hope so. I mean, I think LSU is doing everything they can to try to promote this game. You know, final time you'll get to see this historic offense out there. I mean, if you could get back at a – time capsule and go back and watch 2019's offense one last time I mean, i'm pretty sure that would be a sellout crowd so yeah. uh you know I, I, this is this is a, an offense that's extremely extremely entertaining to watch and uh one that you know you can't expect to see a whole lot of um in terms of just you know the the, the remarkable success they've had throughout the entire year so um you know i would i would think lsu gets a good turnout here for the final game um, but the, the holidays definitely do kind of uh, always seem to throw a little bit of a wrinkle on that, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think that they'll have a good crowd. Awesome. Awesome. Go 24 seven podcast. You can catch us wherever you like to listen and watch uh, here on the YouTube channel. We appreciate you hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you turn on notifications and head over to, to our website down in the link down below where you can catch out not only just preview for this week, but transfer portal talk. We've got a great VIP deal uh, that you can take advantage of the black Friday special. I'm going to read it off right here at 75% off an annual VIP pass. I think that comes out to around $26, plus tax. Great deal. And uh, you get to hang out with myself, Glenn West, Dylan Sanders, and Sonny Ship. So we appreciate you watching. Appreciate you listening. Hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving and we will catch you next time here on the go 24 